0: This is 3 and 5, on an SLC Management Podcast. Hello, everybody. Uh, thanks for dialing in to this episode of 3 and 5. I'm Steve Peacher, president of SLC Management. Today, I'm with Louis Pelosi, who's the managing director in our client solutions for our institutional business focused on insurance companies. And uh, today, we want to talk about some changing rules in the insurance landscape that could have meaningful implications for insurance portfolios. So, Louis, thanks for taking a few minutes.
1: Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me on.
0: So the first question I want to ask is, in particular, it looks like kind of the regulations or the, uh, that the insurance companies are under related to investing in real estate, in commercial real estate, are changing, and that can have significant implications. So tell our listeners about what changes are afoot.
1: Sure, absolutely, Steve. So, so what's going on is the American Committee of Life Insurers, the ACLI, has recently proposed and the NEIC has accepted some updated real estate Risk-based capital charges. Now, the NEIC is the governing body for life insurers. They have in place a system called risk-based capital or RBC. What that is, is really a solvency metric for life insurers, for policyholders and, and regulators to understand how strong or healthy is a life insurer. That system puts in place capital charges on different asset classes to kind of assess the riskiness, you know, whether that's Defaults or recovery rates, where you know market volatility, and recently the ACLI has proposed that some of the data that the NEIC was using on real estate was a bit dated. You know, it came from prior to 2000. So with this updated proposal, they've looked at some more recent data, specifically on default and recovery statistics, as well as market implications on volatility for real estate, and they've proposed, which were accepted, some significantly reduced risk-based capital charges on real estate to the magnitude of prior to the changes, those were in the 23% to 30% range down as low as 11 to 13%. And for frame of reference, a lot of people think about triple B bonds, that's about a 3% capital charge. So a meaningful reduction in overall capital required.
0: So if you're an insurance company now, you've got these reduced capital charges that are coming at you to a large asset class in the marketplace that was maybe somewhat prohibitive to invest in before. What does this mean now? If you're in an insurance company's shoes, how do you react to this? What do you do?
1: Absolutely. This change should add further fuel to the fire. That is the Growing asset allocation to alternatives or or really non core fixed income, right? We've been in an environment really since the global financial crisis where other than a few blips, rates have gone down. You know, life insurers, all insurers, but life insurers in particular rely on investment portfolio yield to maintain operations and grow profitability with prolonged periods of low interest rates insurers have had to look elsewhere outside of traditional core fixed income. So we've seen real estate expand on the balance sheet, depending on insurer anywhere from 5 to 10%. Now, because of the capital implications, being that insurer has to hold so much capital and the amount of capital required to hold can vary based on investment. Traditionally, insurers have gone into things like mortgage debt which has a significantly lower capital charge. However, with this reduction specifically to real estate equity, again, down from 23 to 13, we anticipate the move into real estate equity, expanding, increasing at exponential rate, given real estate equity tends to offer some significantly higher yields, comparable volatility and and overall the return profile can be leveraged higher than what you would get in a traditional call it CM1, CM2 debt portfolio.
0: And so within any portfolio, especially within insurance companies, if you if you do something new, nothing's done in isolation. It has impact on the broader portfolio because you're trying, you've got broader goals. So if an insurance company does increase its allocation to commercial real estate in response to this, what are some of the implications across the remainder of the portfolio?
1: you know, I've been pretty positive on the asset class. Let me let me give some negatives and then I'll, I'll close out with some positives here. The NASC doesn't do this in isolation. They've also updated risk charges specifically for core fixed income, which is, you know, the bulk of most life insurers assets. They've adopted a proposal that, looks more granularly at bonds. It used to just be, let's look at everything between AAA and single A as, as one asset and everything B plus to B minus as, as one. They've gone more granular in those assets. That overall has required life insurers to hold more capital. So in isolation, reducing real estate, great, but they've also been required to hold more capital elsewhere in their portfolio. Anytime you're moving into an asset class, again, I said earlier three percent charge for triple B's to something like real estate equity that has 13, right? You're gonna be required to hold more capital. So understanding and insurers. Capital position, solvency, ability to hold an asset like that without severely impacting any current solvency ratios is one consideration. Another consideration are ALM concerns for a life insurer. These assets can be difficult to pinpoint on a maturity or weighted average life sometimes. Particularly, again, real estate equity can experience some slightly more volatility than traditional debt. And last but not least, when you're looking at something like adding real estate equity onto your balance sheet, On a positive side, it does particularly well in inflationary periods. Inflation seems to be a decently correlated hedge. So adding real estate now can particularly benefit if we do enter a prolonged period of high inflation. Again, there's certain considerations for every life insurer. They're going to have their own needs requirements. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Everyone should add real estate equity. You should understand your ALM profile, your current capital and solvency ratios. But if all of that lines up, And hopefully, you know, it does. You can create a tailored solution for yourself that has the opportunities with reduced capital penalties now to increase portfolio yield and return. The only asterisk I put on all that is this is a fluid environment. More insurers look towards alternatives. We've seen the NAIC put more scrutiny on these alternatives. This is where we're at in 2022. That's not saying that there's going to be changes. They're constantly updating these metrics and these risk-based capital requirements. Having someone on your team that is up-to-date staying up with these policies and, and preparing your portfolio in case of any new or <laughs> updated policies, you know, is, is definitely something to keep an eye on.
0: Uh, thanks. You know, it just reinforces what uh, my impression since I joined Sun Life over 12 years ago is that managing money inside an insurance company is like dealing with a Rubik's Cube. And then uh, I don't know what the analogy is on the Rubik's Cube, but it makes it just a little more complicated, but that's what makes it interesting. <laughs> Let me ask you, i like to end with a personal question, and the COVID environment's been crazy for everybody, but especially for you because you've had two daughters born during the pandemic. So talk to me a little bit about what that's, what that's been like.
1: Yeah, I try to look for the positives, the negatives, right? So I would never make light of the COVID situation. But prior to COVID, you know, spent a lot of time on the road visiting clients, again, working on solutions for insurers. Being home for these past two years has has been somewhat of a blessing. We went into lockdown when my wife was pregnant. We had two daughters during that period. Being able to spend a lot of time with them, particularly when they were young, has been fantastic. I gotten to see them grow up. I certainly, again, can appreciate the fact that while this has been tough for a lot of people, again, looking for the, the positive, spending more time with family, is, especially young girls, has been a little hectic. On Zoom, you hear a lot of yelling in the background, but the offset of, of being able to spend more time and see him grow up has been fantastic.
0: Well, everybody during this pandemic, as you say, has needed bright spots and there. There's no brighter spot than having children. So uh, congratulations to you and your wife. Thanks, Louis, for taking the time to talk about these new regulations. It's, this is important. It's technical, but it's very important. It could have implications for both insurance companies and I suppose the real estate markets because you could have a big new buyer in there. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of 3 and 5.